Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, church. Y'all can't be any more nervous than I am, I promise you. Amen. For just a few moments, I'd like to talk to you. title would be, If He Had Asked a Hard Thing. If he had asked a hard thing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 12 reads like this. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversations in the world and more abundantly to you, Lord. And the church said simplicity. That would mean the state of being, not complex, plainness. If you would, if you'd join me in a word of prayer. Precious Jesus, Lord, truly we do love you. We do praise you and we do thank you. Thank you for being so merciful to us. Thank you for another opportunity you gave us together, together in your house to worship you and to praise you. God, to break the bread of life. God, God, this heavenly manna, God. That we would eat, God, that we would never drink and we'd never thirst again and we'd never hunger again, God, if we could just get you on the inside. Lord, we ask you to give us that childlike faith tonight, God. We just love you and we praise you. In your wonderful name, Jesus. And church said, Amen. You can be seated. Amen. I happened to print off a few scriptures at work and Sharon seen them on the table and she asked me, she never asked me what I'm going to preach about because I guess she's probably scared too. And uh, she's, she's seen this scripture that I had out in Hebrews 11 and 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. She said, You're going to preach about faith again? I said, Yeah, I guess that's all I know to preach about. Amen. About faith. So you get tired of faith. We'll try to talk about Acts 2.38. Amen. But Brother Bobby, I understand that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, and I know, and, and, and a lot of times I talk about God's healing, Brother Rayleigh, but you know what faith is more, Sister Joyce, than just about a healing. You know, sometimes we just need an emotional touch. Sometimes we need uh, a financial touch. Sometimes we need friends and families and loved ones saved, Brother Chavez. So it's more than just about having faith. Uh, for a healing, and I believe in that, Sister Amanda, but, um, but tonight, for just a few moments, have you ever really thought about how easy it is to be saved? You know what I'm saying, Sister Edith? You know, I mean, God makes it just so simple. If we owned this company, um, Sister Linda, I don't think that we'd make it this simple. You know what I'm saying? You know, when I worked at, at uh, Winn-Dixie, we made people fill out applications and we made people uh, do drug tests. But Brother Allen, you know, if you serve God, you don't have to go through all of that. 
You know what I'm saying, Brother Junior? All you got to do is ask God into your life. And I understand, Brother Donnie, there's a lot more that goes on in that. But the simple fact is, you just ask God. Brother Danny, into your life and God takes up that abode. I mean, it ain't like you have to be this tall or come from this bloodline. You just ask him, Brother Rayleigh. Just ask him into your life. And the simplicity of... Brother Chris, the, the gentleman said Sunday in the little video, he said that we can talk to God in our car. How crazy is that? We're talking about God, Brother David, created the heavens and the earth and made it all that we look at. We can talk to him anytime we want. We can't do that a lot of times, Sister Amanda. We couldn't just walk in your bank and say, listen, Man, I like your shoes that you have on today. And oh, by the way, I need $150,000. Sister Amanda would probably just shove an application at you. And when she worked at Sun, uh, Suncoast, and, and she'd say, I need you at least fill out this application, Mr. Williams, and then we can see what. God, don't do that. Sister Susan, is that a great God that we serve? What a great God. He don't, I mean, he does, but I mean, he don't even do a background check on us. He don't say, you know, um, Sister Carolyn, you know, Wayne, you did. God just says, whomsoever. For God so just come. Just come. And I think sometimes it's so simple, Brother Ben, that people that you've talked to and you witnessed to just think, well, what's the catch? Now, I was thinking about this. I, I thought about how if, if Brother Kenny come up to some of us and said, you know, I, I like the way you part your hair and I like the way your shoes fit on your feet. He said, I want to build your house. And you say, well, Brother Kenny, I really don't have no money. He said, no problem. I'm going to buy it all. I'm just going to foot the bill for everything, but it's going to be the best you can imagine. And even Brother Kenny's doubting himself. But I'm thinking, <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, Pastor, most of us would leave saying, yeah, I, I got that. <laughs> I bet Brother Kenny would be right at our house in Chiefland tomorrow digging a footer. I really believe that. Because I think inside of us, Brother Toby, it's just a built-in nature of us. Just don't trust people. Have you ever gave somebody some money and they look at you, Brother Larry, like, you just crazy? Like, what, what you up to? Why are you just giving me something? See, it's just our nature to think that somebody, but see, with God, it ain't that way. The crazy thing is, is it don't matter, Brother Bobby, what you've done before you come to God. All that matters is if you'll ask God into your life and God will change your life. God's a changing agent. See, the thing is, it just seems so, it just seems so easy, Sister Susan, but and it is, ain't it a great life? Even my bad times, Brother Chris, serving God is so much better than everything that I've ever at my best time out in the world. I thought about how in Second Peter, 3 and 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering. To us who are not willing, the church said not willing, that any should, per any should perish, but that all, A-double-L, all should come to repentance. Yeah, but there's some people I don't want on my team. You know what I mean? But Justin, there's just some people I don't want on my team. But God said all. Sister Melinda, God said all. I heard Brother Williams, uh, Brother uh, Mike Williams was preaching the other morning, and he was preaching about Naaman. And I don't spend a lot of time here with Naaman because I know everybody knows the story about Naaman. But really what I want to 
this, uh, we all know the story that he was a captain of the Syrian army. He was a great, the Bible called him a great man, an honorable man, a mighty man of valor. But those last five letters said, but he was a leper. He had a situation and he had a need at that time. Such a boy, nobody could help him. And so there was a little woman, a little maid that, they, that was of Naaman's wife. And the maid said, I wish my Lord was down. Because there's a prophet down there. There's a prophet down there. Naaman got all excited and got a letter from his boss and they headed down. But here's what I want to get to in, in 2 Kings 5, 9 through 13. It says, so Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha being a great powerful man of God, in verse 10 said, Elisha sent out a messenger unto him. Brother, how ain't that impressive? If you go to Brother Boyd and sit down and talk to him and he sends you out Wayne Williams. And you think, wait a minute, I like Wayne, he's a nice guy, but that ain't the pastor. I want to talk to the pastor. I've got me some silver and I got me some gold and I got me some garments. I'm willing to pay for this thing. But the man of God said, eh, you go, somebody else go out there and see what this cat wants. And so it said, and Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. But the Bible said, but Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought. Brother Bobby, have you ever had a thing in your life that you thought God was going to work it out this way? But God worked it out this way. His pastor said, Sunday, maybe God didn't work it out at all. But I thought. And he said he was wroth and he went away and said, behold, I thought he shall surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leopard. And are not Abna and Parfar rivers of Damascus better than all these waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went away. In a, I'm sorry. So he turned and went away in a rage. Thank God for a servant. And he said, a servant came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do a great thing, sometimes with God, Brother Tim, we're looking for that great thing. See, Brother Donnie, if it don't, because I don't know if y'all like me, but says Atlanta, I, a lot of times I just figure out how God's going to work this thing out. You know, if God would just let me help him out with this stuff, you know, uh, says Jonah, I could help him out with this. But, but see, God's got his own way. God's God. And so he said, if he had told you a great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, wash and be clean. I'm going to skip to this and come back real quick. In Romans 8, 5 through 8 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Here's verse 7 says, Because the carnal mind is into me against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So, Brother Orlando, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. See, there's a war, Brother Junior, going on in our members. So Naaman said, I thought. But the servant said, Sister Amanda, if he'd have told you a hard thing, you would have done that. Now, here's what he's asking you to do, 
Valerius, just go dip in the river seven times. He's not asking you for your gold. He's not asking you for your silver. He's not asking you for your garments. He's just saying, Brother Chris, go to the river. Don't worry about what's in the river. Don't worry about none of that stuff. I just ask you to dip seven times. Now, you're a leopard, and you can't get no other healing, no other cleansing, except you go to the river and obey the man of God. Now, I suppose that Naaman probably had a bath before. So water probably didn't scare him, Brother Hal. It's just the fact that it just didn't line up with his way of thinking. See, Sister Betty, sometimes we can block the move of God just for the way we're thinking about things. Because it's said here that the things that are carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is his life and peace. I wonder about how many times that, and we all know that, Sister Lana, if, if he hadn't went and dipped, he wouldn't have got healed. Something simple. See, he thought one way, but, but see, that Sister Patty, that God was working in a different way. See, if it had been a hard thing, Naaman probably wouldn't have minded that because if it would have been about money, he wouldn't have mind giving that up. But see, the God that we serve don't need to move the rocks. He don't need to put you in the middle of a storm to solve your problems and to help you. God just needs you to have faith. Oh, name it. Once he went and dipped, Sister Jane, he'd come up the seventh time. The Bible said his flesh was like that as of a child, Brother Brian. It was all gone. Have you ever prayed and God answered the prayer and you was over, you just mesmerized? <laughs> you kind of get back and you just say, you know, God really answered that thing. <laughs> I prayed for people and just slopped them down like oil and just got them greased as a pig and didn't even move it. And sometimes I've told people, Brother Kenny, you know, I'll pray for you and just keep on walking and say, God, touch them. And God's touched folks. I thought about one time I, my tooth was hurting and when I have pain a lot of times, I just go whining to God and talk to God and and so I told God, I, I, and, and I said, God, now, if you don't heal this tooth, I'm going to have to go to the dentist. That's just all there is to it, God, because it's starting to hurt. I'm just putting you on notice. I'm going to go to the dentist if you don't heal this tooth. Being a very smart man that I am, instead of leaving the tooth alone, Sister Susan, I just kept messing with it. You know, you ever do that, something hurts, you just keep poking that thing like, this is going to get better. And I thought, now, God, this thing's really starting to hurt. Now, we're fixing to have to go get this thing pulled. I ain't playing. I'm fixing to go. And honest truth, brother boy, I had a toothpick. It's playing with it. Should have left it alone and pushed it in there, and a piece of an uh, old toothpick fell out in my mouth. And the pain instantly went away, Sister Joy. Just something simple. God knew it was there. It could have never happened, but you know what? And I'm not, telling, I'm not telling you not to go to the dentist. Please don't say that. What I'm trying to tell you is faith is what moves God, Sister Amy. It ain't the big things. It was just a simple thing. I don't know what was the difference from the first day that I prayed to that time that God healed that tooth. I don't know. But I'm thankful that he did, Pastor. But what it did do it is it built up my confidence. And if God cared enough about that little old tooth, it was just a little simple thing. 
See, the Bible says that we have not because we ask not and we ask amiss. If he really is our father, and I read that scripture Sunday, we ought to come boldly. He said, come boldly. Sister Mary, he said, come boldly. We need to let our petitions be known to God. Because, you know, the thing is, is God loves us. You know, we tell people all the time, or people tell us they love us, but sometimes people really don't mean that. They just tell you that so you go on about your business. <laughs> Y'all don't believe that. Maybe it don't happen over here. This happens in Levy County like that. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Sister Melinda's been over here long enough. She ain't really from Levy County, no member. So if she tells you she loves you, she really loves you. <laughs> she just shook me off back there. I just said I had to clean that up, but... But what I'm trying to tell you is when God tells you he loves you, he loves you. We all understand that God's word is forever settled in heaven. If you read it in a book, Brother Chris, you can apply it to your life. If you'll eat this whole book, Sister April, it'll work for you. See, this ain't a beginner's program here. You ain't got to serve God 50 years before you get God to answer your prayers. You can get a prayer answer today. You can get a prayer answered right now. Real quickly, I want to move to Noah. In Genesis 6, 5 through 7, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Bible said it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping things, and the fowls of the air, and it repenteth me that I have made them. And verse 11 says, The earth was also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth. Behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And verse 13 said, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And we all know this story, Sister Susan, about Noah and how he worked on the ark. Some say 100 years, some say 120 years. And we all know that it rained, Sister Joy, and that's, that's beautiful. Here's what I want to concentrate for just a few minutes, Brother Donnie, is the Bible said that God left the door open for seven days. Seven days. Sister Jane, anybody could have walked up on that plank and said, I want in the ark. Anybody. They could have done somersaults. They could have done cartwheels. They could have rode a giraffe in. They could have rode an elephant in. They just, Brother Toby, they just need to get on the ark. See, their faith wouldn't let them grab a hold of that thing. The Bible called Noah a preacher of righteousness. So he knows, Sister Amanda, that he had to preach to them. And he had to tell them and warn them about what was coming. And I thought about it was a little too late when that first drop, Brother Allen, hit that first person between the eyeballs. It was too late then because the door had been shut. And how simple it could have been, Sister Kathy. All they had to do was just walk up that plank and get in the ark. I wonder how many times folks have come in churches, God's dealt with their heart, and said, almost, almost, almost. Or maybe, Brother Rayleigh, I'll do it tomorrow. Somebody told a man of God, said, I'll hear you at a more convenient time. But when I read the book, I don't ever read 
Sister Townsend, where that man found a convenient time. See, the thing is, the doors are open. Anybody that can come in can come in. See, there's a war going on in their members. God's saying, come. Come. The devil's going, ah, there's really nothing to that. It's too late for those folks in Noah's time. Once that door was shut. Had it been a hard thing, maybe they would have came on in. It just seemed like a simple thing, Brother Bobby. Just to have enough faith just to say, I'm going to get up on that ark. I'm going to walk up on that boat. And I know you think, Brother Wayne, we're all in this church and we're all saved. I understand that. But we've got lost loved ones and we've got friends. And we don't need to listen to the devil that says God ain't never going to answer that prayer. God's not ever going to hear that. Because see, with God, it's just a simple thing. All they got to do is just come find them a place of an altar and repent. I found this the other day, and I know it may not be new to y'all, and it's not new to me. I've read it before, but in Genesis 9 through 8 through 17, God made a covenant with man. And in seven times, God says the word covenant. And the word covenant just means an agreement. We've made an agreement between me and you. And God spake unto Noah and said to his sons with him, saying, And behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowls, the cattle, every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth, I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is a token of the covenant which I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. So that word perpetual just means an ongoing. It'll never stop. God's covenant. He said, I do set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and the every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. I thought about how that many a time that Folks look at that rainbow and it's just a rainbow. But as Christians, we understand that that's God's covenant. That God has made in a covenant with us that he will never do that no more. And people say, well, God don't hear and answer prayers no more. Well, we can point at a rainbow, Brother Donnie, and say God still holds his covenant. When the devil tells you this word is dead and there's nothing to what these, what folks are preaching or what you're reading about here, you can remind old Satan that there's a rainbow that comes out after the rain every time, and that covenant's not went away. So every word and every promise that's in that book, you can stand on it. Because if, if it wasn't a true word, that you wouldn't see that rainbow, Brother Larry, in that clouds and in that sky after it rains all the time. And I thought about how wonderful 
That is, I asked a girl today at work, I said, do you know why there's a rainbow in the sky? And she said, well, I don't know. Somebody, you know, when it quits raining, you just see a rainbow. I said, no, it's in a covenant that God said he would never let it rain and never destroy the earth anymore by a flood. I don't know about you, church, but I'm thankful for the covenants that God's made with this. When, he, when the angel said, this same Jesus that you see going away is coming back again, that's a covenant, that's a promise. He's coming back. You may look around and think, man, this is getting bad, but we've got a promise, church. Paul said, if only in this life we have hope, we are all men most miserable. Brother Danny, can I tell you, we got more than a hope. We've got a promise. We've got a covenant that Jesus said he's coming back. You know, so... So what I'm trying to tell you is this. Aren't you thankful for a God? It don't matter what the world says. It don't matter what the news says. It don't matter what print says or radio. None of that says. We do serve a God that's alive and a God that's still on the throne, a God that still hears and answers prayer. Because God's word is going to stand forever. I thought about how that in Luke 23 and 39 and 43 And we know the story about Jesus dying on the cross and how he was between two malefactors. But in verse 39, it says, One of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Doest thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And the other one said, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. One of them said, man, if you really be Christ, Brother Allen, save yourself, but hey, save me. The other one said, Brother Toby, hey, we're getting what we justly deserve. He said, but Lord, just remember me. Ain't it strange, Sister Gracie, how that two folks or three folks or five folks can be in the same building hearing the same word of God. And one says, God, I grab a hold of that thing, Sister Betty, and I want that thing. The other one said, oh, but it's really just about me and my trinity. It's really about me, myself, and I. He said, what I really, all I really want you to do is, it really don't matter to me that you might be God. I've heard about these miracles that you, I've heard about you feed the 5,000 and the 4,000, not counting the women and the children. I understand that you turned the water into wine. I got all that. But if you be God, just save yourself and save me. Aren't you thankful for God? See, the guy that, that said, all he had to just say is, Lord, remember me. He didn't have to say no more than that. He just had to invite God into his life. I thought about, I'm talking to some folks that had very difficult things happen in their life. And you tell them about how God can change your life, Brother Toby. How God can, can fix things. I, we was in, I was at the jail in Mayo the other day and was talking to some guys. And I said, men, what y'all need is Jesus. Because only God can fix what you got situation in. See, there's some things that maybe getting good advice may work. 
But if you really want to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, and you really want to quit doing the things that you used to do, Brother Hal, God can change your life. But sometimes, Sister they just look at you like, man, you don't know where I come from. You don't know my situation. See, I wonder if I said, you know, uh, this is give you something hard to do. See, it just seems too easy. They, they don't understand that there's a God that loves them and there's a God that died on the cross for their sins. There's a God that took stripes on their back for this healing. A God that went away to prepare a place, Brother Peyton, for them. Here's a great thing about God is, is God's not going to force himself. He's just going to force himself into your life. In the book of Revelation, he said, I stand at the door and I knock. Brother, Brother Chavez, you've got to open the door. And if you'll open the door, the Bible says, and Jesus says that, he said, I'll come in and I'll sup with you. And you can sup with me. And in closing, I must admit this scripture here has always bothered me. And so I just trying to go quickly through this in Matthew 28 through 11. And we all know the story. So when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his stewards, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came, they were hired about the eleventh hour and received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And they that had received it they murmured against the good man of the house. The Bible said that he went out, the owner of the vineyard, at the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, and the eleventh hour. Brother Danny, I don't mind to tell you that I've always struggled with this scripture because, you know, that guy that I can understand how he could be uh, kind of upset that he worked starting at the third hour. And these guys that got hired at the 11th hour got the same penny. But if I was that 11th hour guy, if I'm that guy hanging on that cross and said, Jesus, remember me today, I'm thankful for that 11th hour. I'm thankful that it ain't by works, but it is by works, if you know what I'm saying. It ain't anything good that I do, all the good that God does. Brother Kenny, I'm thankful for a God that says, look, I'll save you at the third hour. But if it, if it is the 11th hour that you come in on this ark, you'll be just as saved as a man that's on the third hour. I'm thankful for that, Pastor. Because see, there was a time in my life that I, I didn't serve God, and I drifted back out in the world, Sister Lynn, and I could have died in that miserable state and then lost through an eternity. There's a, a gentleman that worked at the county. And he fussed and cussed. He was just a hateful old man. He was really hateful. But somewheres, he picked up cancer and progressively just got worse and worse and worse. And I felt like the Lord was talking to me, Brother Brian, to go down and talk to him and check on his 
and his salvation in his walk with God, Brother Ben. And so I, I, hate, I hate to just be honest with you, I just never did, and I apologize for that. There were some folks there that, that did go, Brother Bobby, and did talk to this man. They had a picture of him at his funeral getting baptized that he gave his heart to the Lord. See, Sister Edith, I would have, I hate to admit to this, but I would have told you there just that there ain't no good in that man. Because if he could just mess with you, he messed with you. But God being God, and him saying, you know what? I'm just going to step out by faith. Aren't you thankful? Can I get you to stand? Aren't you thankful for a God? Or just let you come home. You said about the fact. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.